Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee, your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. For more information on this podcast and the guests, visit songwritertrists.com. Welcome to a Songwriter Trist with Kevin Sullivan. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? G'day, Rayleigh. Thank you for having me on. And uh, hello, Songwriter Trist. This is great. Love your show. It's fantastic. You have some great uh, artists that have been on. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Thank you. Well, you're only um, increasing the caliber of uh, the show by joining us. So, thank you so much for joining the Songwriter Trist family. If you've listened to it, you'll know that I start all the podcasts, simply by getting you in your own words to tell me who you are and where you come from. So my name's Kevin Sullivan and I'm a professional uh, singer-songwriter. So I'm in the country music genre. Um, mm-hmm. Although some people ask me, Rayleigh, uh, what the what the jolly heck are you? And uh, so my music <laughs> is a little bit, little bit uh, different, but it has a strong foundation of country music. Um, I'm I'm married um, for the second time round. I have five children, so two girls to my first marriage, Emily and Alex, 29, 28. Yep. And I have three yep. children to my wife, Belinda, and uh, I have an 11-year-old boy, 9-year-old girl, and 5-year-old boy. And um, oh, my background, thank you, yep. And uh, my background is I was a police officer for about uh, 27 years in New South Wales. And a great whack mm. of that, I was a, um, a forensic crime scene investigator, so uh, major crime and incidents. And I was also a bomb technician yep. in the police, but I, I did a lot of things in the police. But always yep. um, always a musician, so even when I was in the police, from a young age, did music. So um, I'm just lucky. I've, yeah, uh, right. It's never too late to chase your dream, Ray Lee, and I'm an example of, of that, and, and that's what I'm doing, and I'm, I'm loving it as well. Oh, well done. And to do it with three kids as well. I have three kids and they're all quite young and it can um, it can spark up conversation with people sometimes. Like, how do you do that with kids? And it's like, you know what, you've just got to live your dream and lead by example. So well done. And that's pretty true. So my older girls um, always had music around them. They're, they're grown up. They're 29 and 28. Um, but the, yeah. three, the three young – but they – my older daughters – only knew me as a police officer in a forensic crime scene policeman. I was on I was on the TV a lot doing crime scene things. So I'd be at major crimes and in an incidents and so they'd see me on the TV yeah. as a police crime scene investigator. But my younger children yeah. only know me as a musician. So they see me sort of on TV and radio only as a musician. So it's it's really quite yeah. uh, it's it's interesting the the, the the sort of the change and and nice and nice as well. So yeah, <laughs> they're polar opposites, aren't they? They really are. And, really uh, are. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been just such a, a great journey, and which we'll talk about. But um, I, loved yeah. my, I loved my policing career. Um, you know, mm. I, I lived for it, and, and I I'd end up doing forensic science. And uh, it was just a crazy, full-on consuming world, which I loved going to work every day. 
But people ask mm. me now, do you miss the police? And I say, oh, my goodness. No, I mean, I, I miss some of the, the people <laughs> I work with, you know, but I don't miss it. I'm yeah. just loving being a full-time musician and, uh, you know, yeah. the circumstances change to allow me to do this. So I'm just in, enjoying where this journey's taking me, Ray Lee. Who knows where, how, where or how far I'll get, but I'm just enjoying the journey, yeah. We just have to have fun. And I think everyone gets to that point at some point in their life where they realise they need to have more fun. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you can't really have fun if you're not doing something that you absolutely love. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and I mean, I was – I'm a bit of a go-getter. So in the police, I, you know, I ended up as an inspector of police at Redfin. That was my last posting. But since I've been out, I'm really wow. chasing my music dream. And my wife, Belinda, um, who's just such a, a – well, she's the love of my life, and she's just such a solid supporter of me and the family, and she's the backbone yeah. behind the whole operation. And um, and we've been working on hey, lots Belinda. of stuff. Yeah, she's really great. And I mean, I've had some mental health issues with I've developed post traumatic stress from my forensic days and the, a lot of the trauma and stuff that I've witnessed and investigated. Yeah, fair but enough. But Bel- but Belinda has, you know, in the last sort of year, um, she sort of encouraged me to just enjoy the journey it doesn't matter how far the, my music um career takes me but just i've had some great sort of milestones and so i'm just really yeah. focusing on that on just enjoying the journey it's hard to do i mean it sounds funny it sounds funny to enjoy the journey but we sometimes get sort of um tangled up in oh, i wish we could do this that or the other but you sort of miss the the most the funnest part if there's such a word and that's just the journey yeah. just the whole experience so that's what i'm trying to do Rayleigh. Yeah. Well, life is right now, isn't it? You know, we, we can't live in the future and we can't live in the past. We can only live now. So that's the part we have to enjoy. Yeah, that's so true. And uh, I mean, again, with PTSD, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, a lot of challenges with it. And I've tried to manage it over the years and, and I, I think I'm getting there. But uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that is so true. You just have to live for now and 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 that's what we're trying to do. That's that's a really great that's a really great thing you've said, and it's, a, it's, and it's very very true. Mm, well, I um I've had my own bout of complex PTSD, I think they call it, and I've done a lot of therapy as well. And I think that some of the ways that I've gotten through some of those really hard moments is to just breathe and realize that where I am in the moment is safe. Um, but it can be really really hard when you're suffering through you know, experiences that we don't realize we actually are resilient enough to to cope with. Um, and, you know, it can freak you out. It freaks people out. So um, I'm glad that you had music because, I mean, music was the one thing that kind of really helped me. And you said you started when you were really young with your yeah, music? Yes. So, yeah, so my dad, actually, we're about to go on tour for seven months. and um, We're taking our mm. three little children. We've got a I know you're up in Queensland. We've got a partnership with a great Queensland company called Sunland Caravans, and they've built us a family van. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's called the Sully Van and three bunks and all, all the sort of things we need. 
And um, so yep. we're, we're coming to Caboolture in Queensland in the next one to two weeks to start our seven-month tour of our Sully Van Tour in our Sunland van. And, um, yep. you know, it's... <laughs> It's it's just been it's just been pretty pretty crazy to you know with the whole lockdown thing and and like you said just focusing on on really positive things so um, you know we're just we're just we're just having a go and I'm a little bit nervous uh, I'm a little bit even though I yeah. have taught a lot um, but music has been in my background so my dad we're living with my dad at the moment who's ninety now he's a, a Dixieland wow. jazz he Dixieland jazz piano player so I get a lot of my music. Um, yeah. from dad and my mum who's not with yeah. us anymore sadly but but mum loved country music so the johnny cash merle haggard charlie pride the slim dusty so i get yep. that infusion of nice. country music for mum but um it's yep. it's been a nice mesh so music has always been in my life and even in the police i would go away on days off and annual leave and i'd travel with band members who weren't police so I always had that music, and as as you just alluded to, and as you would know, being in the music industry, music is such a lovely, lovely medium, isn't it? And it's such a that's a lovely outlet. So for me, when I was doing like forensic work and and terrible traumatic, like I was doing murder scenes and and crazy crazy jobs, and you know, I worked on the, I had a small role in the backpacker murder investigation, and you know, I did the waterfall train disaster and um, the threadbow disaster, so all stuff at the morgue and just really full on, you know, traumatic things. And, um, but I always had music as a bit of an outlet. So I would go away. And I think a lot of people in these, these roles, sometimes they live, eat and breathe policing or emergency services. And, you know, I probably was, I was probably lucky. I had a bit of an outlet and, and now it's, it's my career and it's just been really lovely. So, yeah. That's amazing. I'm so glad that your parents were able to give you that gift of musical influence. Um, how old were you when you started to, like, what was your first instrument? So my first instrument, as you were asking that question, I just had a visual back to me. There's a photo of me as about a four-year-old. Um, mm. And I think my mother had me dressed in velour pants, which I'm, I'm glad I don't have those anymore. But uh, And I'm playing a drum. They bought, and they, you know, there's, there's six of us in the family, six children. And yeah. And, uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, so we, um, so four girls and two boys, and we all sing. We all sing fairly well and harmonize. And we used to sing around the piano, but my first instrument was a drum. So I used to play the drum. And when I started school, um, I used to play the drum for the children marching into school. So then I did a bit of piano, but I, wow. I can't play chopsticks now, Rayleigh. I'm sad to say it is one of the <laughs> biggest regrets of my life, but later, but I always yeah. sang and then I taught myself to play the guitar. So I'm an acoustic. I play yep. the acoustic guitar, rhythm guitar, and uh, and yep. I'm 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 fairly fairly okay that because I've been playing it for so long. Um, so I don't yeah. do lead stuff, but uh, yeah. So music has always been there, and uh, I've I used to sing every single day. Even um, heaven forbid, I'd be at a crime scene, and um, without um, you know making light of any of the jobs, music was always you know. So I'd be doing these crazy jobs, and I'd be you know humming or singing and and the forensic work was so consuming um it, it wasn't till i till i got out that i developed ptsd so i was at i was at redfin and i yep. was driving i was riding my push bike home and fell off my push bike breaking my right humerus which is a bone between your elbow and your shoulder i broke it in seven places yeah and i was off work for two, yeah yep yeah, yep yeah, ouch and it and uh, yeah. i was off work for two years and um they operated they missed up the operation and then I was, uh. I was basically pensioned out of the police. So my wife Belinda tells me, yeah. Rayleigh, that 
that I should have always done music and God actually threw me off my push bike. And uh, I said, I don't believe God goes around yeah. throwing people off push bikes, but maybe, <laughs> maybe he gave me a gentle nudge, perhaps. <laughs> I believe that everything works out good for those who love the Lord. And that's a promise that we have you know, if you if you have that sort of faith. But I believe we always get exactly what we need. It's not always what we want, but it's what we need. Yeah, maybe you needed to be stopped. You know what I mean? Doesn't It's not necessarily that that was a nice way for you to be stopped, but you can get caught yeah. up in a rat race, can't we? You know? well, I, well, I think we have, a, we have a very strong faith as well. And yeah. I, I, I believe that as well. So in some strange way, I mm. do believe maybe, maybe God gave me a gentle nudge because, um, <laughs> And, and the other thing is, uh, along the lines of what you're saying, we, we are very strong believers that, um, we get everything from God, but we get everything in his time, not our time. So we're very, yes, sometimes, sometimes I would like it in my time, Ray Lee. Um, but, um, <laughs> it, it really is on the money. Uh, it is at the right time. And, uh, and sometimes you think, Oh, I wish this would happen and it doesn't. But then you think, Oh, wow. This is happening now, and this is the absolute perfect time for this to be happening. So for me and for yeah. us personally, that's what we believe, and we are strong believers in that. And, uh, yeah, so it's all just falling in, into the place at the right time. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think it's so much um, – I, I think I work in a similar way is that life happens the way it's meant to happen, and we just – what is it um, – you plan your ways and he'll direct your steps. And it's like, I'm making plans, but I'm really loving the steps and the directions that I've been taken in because it's way better than what I could have even imagined, let alone planned, you know? And I think when you're able to just sit back and enjoy the journey and not worry about having to have too much control, um, which I've done for most of my life, I think it's, it's really nice. Um, so yeah, it's nice to hear you're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, and it's very true. And, and I meet a lot of people who don't, have any faith or religion and and I try not to be judgmental to those people because I've met the most nah. Christian living people who have no religion and I think that's okay too and uh, you know and I've met such such beautiful you know respectful humble people who who don't know the Lord and and I think well you know that's that's okay you know for them as well but uh, for us yeah we, we like I said we have a strong faith and you know, we it's not a responsibility to judge. Yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. right, and yeah. and I I think that's a really respectful thing too, um, just to have mm-hmm. an open open mind. And uh, so, yeah, the the music has been great for me. And and uh, you know, mm-hmm. when I when I got out of the police, um, the PTSD sort of came to the fore because I was it was quite consuming. I was I was doing these yeah. major jobs and murders, and like I was basically lived at the morgue every day. I was at the morgue doing. Doing bodies and postmortems, and yeah, it was crazy. And then I'd be at court. Mm. Then I'd then I'd be doing briefs of evidence for court. And you know, on top of that, I was yeah. a bomb bomb technician, which is fairly topical because it's the twentieth anniversary of the Sydney Olympics. So I I did the bomb tech crazy, course. Yeah. yeah, I did the bomb tech course, and wow. then I actually ran all the bomb technicians for the police and the Australian yep. Defence Force during the Sydney two thousand Olympics. And I did a couple of jobs during that that period. So with my, yep. I've just released a song against the tide and. And, um, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and and people say, "Oh, is it about COVID?" Because the the first line says, "Why don't we pack up all our things and move away?" And some people take <laughs> us right up to the edge. And I said, "Well, actually, yeah. funnily enough, it's it's not about COVID. I wrote it before, and it's a song because um, we are on the songwriter tryst. Um, it's yep. it's a song that uh, I spent a lot of time just uh, just honing and finishing. A lot of songs 
you know, sometimes I write them quickly within a day or two. But this one, I've I worked it for a year. And again, Belinda, my wife, my muse, um, I said, what do you yep. think? And she said, no, it's not quite right. And, and she was right. So we we just worked on it okay. and I recorded it with Matt Fell, who's an amazing producer. And, you know, I, I yep. recorded some stuff in Nashville with him as well. But um, nice. Against the Tide for me is about this uh, sort of coming of age. And I say to people that I lived in the safe zone and people say, Kevin Sullivan, like you're a forensic crime scene policeman, <laughs> you're a bomb. There's nothing safe about that. And But what I mean for me, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I was sent down a certain path and I loved my policing career and I had family and mortgage and I had another marriage and children and yeah. and that was that was all right. But for me now, I'm taking this next step. So against the tide is I'm really practicing what I preach. I'm putting it all on the line. We've rented our home, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, we've moved in with Dad, and, and for the next seven months we're going to be on tour. And it's a little scary, but, again, we have faith in, uh, you know, what could possibly go it's wrong? inspiring. Greatly. Yeah, it is it's, a bit. It's so inspiring. It's <laughs> scary too. It, it is. <laughs> Honestly, I think any musician has probably had that dream of, I mean, I've definitely had those thoughts this year. We even went as far as finding out how we could rent out the property because it is, I think I'm most nervous about homeschooling my three little ones, but they're a bit younger than yours. Um, so how, yeah, how, old, how old are yours? How old are your little ones? I've got a seven, a five, and a four. So they're all very close together in age. So um, how do how they, how they go through the lockdown thing though? Like you would have done a bit of that homeschooling anyway during uh, for your seven. You know, and, I loved it. I mean, yeah, we did too. We probably yeah. got an hour or two of of actual schoolwork done in the morning, like, you know, reading and maths, uh, writing English and maths. But um, we did heaps of creative stuff, so like gardening and building and painting. And I actually, um, I even got my son to start up his own little business. And it was, I don't know, like, it was fun. <laughs> and you know but, what? Um, but a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people say exactly what you have described. That's what we did. And all of our yeah. friends with children have found the exact same thing that they said. Yeah. It was just beautiful family time for starters because we all live in yeah. this crazy paced, fast paced world. So it made mm. us all stop and just have family time. And for a long time, I mean, you guys were the same. We couldn't even leave our home in New South Wales and like yeah. the rest of the country. So we were made to just have this you know, family time, and we loved it. People said, what do you think? And we were almost embarrassed mm-hmm. to say, I wish the world would stay like this. It was just so <laughs> lovely. Um, we quickly yeah. got over that. Uh, uh, after about a month or two, we'd had <laughs> enough of it, but it was lovely yeah, time. Yeah. And, and like you, we we found um, a lot of stuff with the schooling stuff because our children are 11 and 9. Our five-year-old isn't at school, but, you know, we've got him doing things. Yeah. But we just found that um, – a lot of the schoolwork they did, and we kept it to the curriculum. So we started at nine a.m. and and got them doing their their reading and their you know their 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 morning um, fruit uh, intake. And but then by about oh, well twelve yep. twelve thirty one, they'd pretty much done it all. So then we did those creative things, yeah. like you said, we did some painting, we did some gardening, we went for walks yep. with our dog. We just you know it was just really lovely. So for yeah. us going on the road. Um, our school had been really supportive, and like you said, with musicians wanting to do it. Um, as a musician, you've got to be on the road. You've got to take your music out there. And me, you know, yeah. I'm I'm trying to get there. I've done my first. I've released my first album, Belonging, in 2008, yeah. and which did well. 
this second album, well, this song, Against the Tide, will be the title track for my new album, Against the Tide, that will come out next year, 2021. So, um, you have don't a, know when, a month don't know. when that's coming out, or no, I would to... probably, it'll probably be towards, you know, sort of, um, September next year. I've got a few singles. Oh, okay. I'll, yeah. So I've released, I've released, um, this Against the Tide will be the third single, um, that I've released from what will be my new album. So my first song, actually, you'll probably like my first song that I released yeah. in December, um, was called Just Don't Mention Christmas. And it's a song. Oh, okay. It's a song, and I did the video down at Jerringong. So my daughter, Chacha, who's who's nine now, but she was at a, a, a local preschool, and um, yeah. the, the preschool said to me, oh, Kevin, could you write a song about the school and, and you know, our, our environment and the chickens that we feed? And I said, yeah, sure. So I went home, wrote a little song for them, recorded it, you know, roughly on the phone, took it back, and, uh, and they were very emotional, the teachers, and they said, wow, you, we asked you yesterday, you did it today. I said, well, this is what I do. I, you know, write songs. And uh, and <laughs> yeah. I mentioned I mentioned yeah you know, that what they do and and I mentioned some of the teachers' names and in fact I mentioned all the teachers' names yeah. and one of the teachers said to me <laughs> could you sing it at our Christmas concert I said I would love to and then one of the other teachers came and said oh Kevin we don't call it the Christmas concert we just call it the end of year concert and I said why and they said well we don't mention Christmas I said why and <laughs> what it, what it was is was, it was all this politically correct garbage that's happening in the world. Uh, they don't mention yeah. Christmas. I said, "What is it? Because the word Christ is in the word." Oh no, no, we just don't. I was, and, and I went home. I said to my wife Belinda, "The world has gone mad. Now you can mention yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, it has. You, you can mention anything. Just don't mention Christmas." And I'm writing a song, so I wrote a song called "Just Don't Mention Christmas," and I have had nice. people from. Have all over the world. It's uh, I can I can say for your audience, it's a pro Christmas song, because at the no. end of at the end of uh, the the year when this is preschool, they didn't they didn't yeah. mention Christmas. We they didn't have any Christmas decorations. There was no Christmas oh. carols. There was no mention of Santa Claus. There was no Christmas tree. There was no presents. Um, and it was, I just thought, oh my god! I sat there with about oh. two hundred families, and I thought this world has gone mad. And I, I wrote this yeah. song, and at the end of at the end of my song, I sing a little bit of, of several carols, and um, you know, it's and I recorded the song in Nashville, and uh, with Matt Fell, who has a program on the ABC called yeah. Recording Studio, and he said, Kevin, what do you yeah. want the feeling to this song? I said, I want big, I want big orchestra, ba ba, and uh, honestly, yeah. if you listen, if you listen to just I mentioned Christmas, that's what it is. It's a most huge song, and it's a pro Christmas song about. It's a pushback, and uh, I'm on I'm on the I'm on the side of God, and I'm on the side of faith, and yeah. I'm on I'm on the side of of respect, and whether you believe in whatever religion, you know that's what the yeah. song's about. Like we shouldn't we shouldn't let the politically correct matter. So um, the second song, I don't want to ramble to, on too much more about that. No, no, you're but, right, you're right, but, you're right. But, but but the second single I released in uh, in April was a song called Pilgrimage, which is about Anzac Day. My brother and I went to Gallipoli. In 2015, yeah. for the hundred year centenary, so I came back and wrote a song about Very that cool. and about doing a pilgrimage to Gallipoli and Kokoda and Vietnam, and we went to the western front yeah. of France where our, our grandfather fought. So my songs are very different. This this new one, Against the Tide, is a real up tempo. You know, it's got a really sort of a, a almost a pop rock sort of feel. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, yeah. it's not it's nice to to be very diverse. I think. <laughs> yeah. And it's nice to see your musical writing and journey evolving as well. And that's 
a very natural part of a, a true artist is that as you go through your journey, your music will reflect that. So we get to be a part of that. So that's cool. And it and it really you, has it really has too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I experienced that. I think that's a really common normal um evolution with artists. Um I wanted to ask you about when it was that you became a songwriter. So when you wrote your first song. Do you remember when that was? Um, I think, uh, thinking back, a lot of people ask me this and, uh, cause I'm just so mm-hmm. into songwriting now, the past you know, few years. Um, I was still in the police because I, I was, I joined the police in, in 1984, which will give you some indication as to my age. I'm very mature age. Um, and it's, <laughs> but it's never, but it's never too late to chase your dream. I will also say. Um, so I think it was, it was probably in my, in my twenties. I used to just started writing sort of little funny little songs when I was in the police about people. And then, you know, I was probably in my mid-20s when I started to then write some more serious sort of songs. And um, for a long time, as a lot of musicians, I didn't um, share some of the more personal ones, but uh, now I just have no shame. So I just write about uh, love, love, love the universe, you know, trauma, everything. So it's, it's all out there. In fact, I wrote a song called Unknown People, which was about a job I did, the waterfall train disaster. And part yeah. of it, and, and this song was, because I was seeing a psychologist quite regularly about my PTSD after I got out of the police. And when, when a lot of these trauma jobs came back to haunt me, and, uh, I was fine when I was in yeah. the police, you know, doing the jobs and, and at court. And, you know, but when, when you sort of slow down and stop, um, I, I thought mm. I was a bit, of, I thought I was a bit immune. I didn't quite understand mm. uh, post-traumatic stress and, but it was when yeah. I when I stopped and got out after I'd been injured that all the jobs came flooding back. So I wrote a song called Unknown People. I, I did the the, the the seven bodies from the, the waterfall train disaster. And on one of the victims, mm. I found a letter on his property you know, from one of his children. And she'd written uh, a note to her dad saying, always keep this with you. It'll always bring you home safely. And it's, I know it's a very sad, oh, terrible no. story. Yeah. Many times I wanted just to see them To tell them how it so affected me But I was told just let them grieve I carry their small tears with me All the unknown people struggling too And, and my older daughters my older daughters used to write similar notes and I remember when I found the note at the morgue at the Glebe morgue and it really upset me even though I was still in the police and I didn't uh, well maybe I had PTSD then I didn't realize it but um yeah. it always sat with me there's there's a quite and I did hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of deceased bodies and suicides murders yeah. da da lots of terrible jobs um but yeah. there's there's a, there's a handful of them that sat with me and this was one and I remember talking to my psychologist I said I've actually um, I've actually written a song about this, and uh, I said I feel like I should contact um, the the wife and of um, the the fellow who died. And, and initially, my psychologist said, "Don't, Kevin, just let the person grieve." But then um, a couple of years, oh yeah, last year I released a video for it, and I don't see the psychologist really anymore. But I I rang her, and she's really lovely. I said, look, I've released a video. I remember you told me some time ago not to contact the family, but I'm about to release a video. What do you think? And she said, Kevin, I think you should contact um, the lady and just yeah. let her know. And I went, oh, and it sort of scared me a bit. I think, really? I'm, what, I should contact her? And so it was sort of 
yeah. it became very real. So I did, and it, you know, I won't get through the process, but I, I ended up contacting the woman. I wrote her a letter and la la la, and she responded to me, and it was really beautiful. And I, I can yeah. talk about it because I've, I've talked about it on other shows and, and on my on my, my YouTube yeah. where the, where the video is. And um, yeah. the lady said that we all grieve in in different ways, and and Kevin, you're lucky that you have songwriting to help you grieve and because this 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 job and this okay. this incident really affected me it still does a little bit as you can probably tell mm-hmm. and just her yeah. response was was so beautiful and so gentle and loving and and humble mm-hmm. and uh, she said you know you know thank you for letting us know um you know we're, we're still grieving you know for mark all these years later and it was a terrible day i'll never forget that day when he was taken from us um but it's nice that you have music to help you so um, and I've yeah. been contacted from all over the world in relation to unknown people. And, and the video I've, I actually mm-hmm. filmed at Port Kemba Railway Station where the waterfall train was going that day, that's where it's heading. And, you, and Sydney trains were really lovely and, and wonderful. And yeah, I've had paramedics and doctors and random people from all over the world contacting me mm-hmm. about that song. So it's really nice, and as you would appreciate, as a, as a singer-songwriter, to uh, to mm. connect with people about your song and they take different things out of it, isn't it? I think it's incredible. I was actually um, – I think people can take so many different things from a song and I never thought – like I thought that songs were pretty black and white. You know, they, they mean this, they say this, and this is how they feel. <laughs> it's actually quite funny how one song can mean something different to absolutely everyone. And it still blows my mind too. and. People say, when mm. you read that, you read, and I think, wow, okay, that's, you know, it's got a different meaning. But people, <laughs> yeah. and, and the other thing is, Ray Lee, is they become yeah. everyone's songs. And someone told me that, so, you know, someone told yeah. me, I, I, I did the Senior Academy of Country Music course, and it really helped yeah. me. Um, you know, I did that in 2018. And my tutor was a guy called Kevin Bennett from KB in the Flood. And ah, he's, just KB, a, yeah. he, he's just a wonderful man. And I did a gig with him. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the first gigs I did when it came out of lockdown. I did a gig with him in July. And he came up home mm-hmm. and we go through the songs and he's still helping me. And he's just such a beautiful, beautiful man. And he said, you should think of doing this yeah. and doing that. And and he's he's the one who said to me, like, when you write the songs, he said, they're not yours anymore. They, they become everyone's. And, and you'll find that people take different things. And it's so, so true. And it's so beautiful, isn't it? That when they, I feel when, that. When yeah. people connect with your song and you think, oh, my goodness, that's so lovely, you know? I think it's it's beautiful that um, it gets to be like have its own life. Um, but yeah, I actually was literally yesterday. I was reminded of um, a time when I was being dumped. I got broken. I got dumped by my first boyfriend, and we were sitting in the car, and he played this song for me. And afterwards, he was like, "That's how I feel," and I was so confused because clearly he got like something really clear out of that song, but I. <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about. And I remember thinking that that was one of the first times where it's like, wow, like people can take a completely, you know, different meaning or emotion and feeling from a song. And that's, it's a personal experience. And that is exactly what it is personal. It's not um, something that everyone gets. And that's what's so beautiful about it. And can I, and can I say it was his loss too? Ray Lee, he, <laughs> he he was the ultimate loser there. Don't you worry. So uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. I oh, thank suggest. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you listen? Yeah, do you still do you still do you still hear that song? How how are you when you hear that particular song now? 
Honestly, I don't, I don't even remember which song it was. I just remember being really confused at, at him making me listen to it and then I was so desperately trying to understand what he was trying to say, but the song made no sense to me. <laughs> well, look, um, you, you, know so yeah, you, know, you know there's a song in that, don't you? But I hope you've written, <laughs> I hope you've written a song about that and oh, if you don't, I'm going to. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can do a co-write. Well, I'd be happy to do a co-write with you, yep. <laughs> Speaking of co-writes, let's um, let's go down that path. Have you done much co-writing before? I, look, I hadn't until I did the the, the academy and uh, the senior academy yep. country music, and then I wrote with Matt Scullion, and um, um, who's who's really fantastic. He's a great wordsmith, and he's just a just a great person. And uh, mm-hmm. so, and and then i've I've done uh, I've done quite a few now. I wrote with um, I did a, I did a concert with Bill Chambers, like Casey Chambers, great dad, and. And he's an amazing yep. musician. And um, I remember when I was in the police, I worked down in the snow in 1989. And uh, yep. I was up in the high country and I, I I had to go up there. The high country horse, it sounds like something out of the man from Snow River, this story. And the high country yeah. horsemen who've been taking their horses, their stock horses up into the high country for, ye- for years and years. And they would catch the wild brumbies and then bring them down. And anyway, the national parks sort of um, stopped them. And then I had to go with the national parks and, and uh, the National Parks issued all these high country horsemen who looked like they were straight out of the Memphis Bay River movie and issued them all, <laughs> you know, summonses for being up in the high country. And, and that, yeah. that job sat with me for years and years. So when Bill and, when Bill and I did a, a house concert last year, I said, is there any chance we can write a song? He said, yeah, I'd love to, Kevin. He's such a lovely, lovely man. For, for his stature right. in the industry, he's so humble and so great. And, and he said, he got any ideas? I said, well, look, as it happens, years ago, <laughs> so we yeah, wrote a song, yeah. we wrote a song about the high country horsemen. And I then, um, I wanted to do the videos down there. So I just, cause I, I have a fair bit of front, as you can probably tell. I love to talk as you probably worked out. So I just Googled <laughs> high country horsemen and I came across this guy's name, Charlie Lovick. And it was a story that the, the national park, not, the national parks do an amazing job. I'm not bagging them out. They do a lovely, wonderful job, and I love their national parks that they're protecting yep. them. But um, I yep. also, you know, like everything in moderation too. So I rang, I rang Charlie Lovick, and it turns out Charlie, Charlie's like sixth generation Lovick family have have been high country horsemen. There's a Mount Lovick in Victoria named after their ancestors, and Charlie Lovick was one of the main horsemen in the Manfredstone River One and Two. And I just randomly rang him and he said, Kevin, why don't you come down here to the high country in Victoria, stay with us and shoot your video here in the high country. So I wow. just took, I took a film crew. Yeah. This is before the bushfires down there. We went down there, um, yep. at the beginning of, uh, the year and we, um, we filmed in the high country. I was on a horse riding through the high country mm-hmm. with, with Charlie's daughter, Kelly, who can ride a horse. And that song will be released. That'll be released next year. It's called High Country Snows. Oh, I don't know. Exciting. Don't know whether I'm telling you too much here, but anyway, um, this is what oh, you've done amazing. to me. This is what you've done to Rayleigh. I've just, <laughs> I'm just giving you all my secrets. And uh, and it was just a lovely experience. And 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 Bill Chambers is in the video as well. But when we got the, it, oh, it hasn't, it won't, it won't be released till next year. But when my wife and yeah. I got it back because it's finished, and I'm riding through rivers and I'm wearing a dry suit, <laughs> and my wife Belinda said. Kevin, it's quite deceiving because 
you actually look like you know what you're doing on that horse. And I know for a fact, <laughs> I know for a fact you don't. So, uh, and the Lovick family were just so, so beautiful. And Charlie was there and it's just an, it's an, it's in the high country. It's, and it's just, yeah. So that's, that's that one. And I've, I've written with like yeah. Matt Scullion. I've written with Gina Timms and, um, yeah. you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I've written with a couple of other other uh, songwriters. Beck Thornton is a girl who I who I did the academy mm-hmm. with, and um, yeah, her her grandfather was Barry Thornton, who played with Slim Dusty. So um, I'm really mm. getting into this uh, the the sort of the co-writes, and um, yep. and I'd love to write with you. I know we, we're only half joking, but I'd I'd love to <laughs> write with you, and and it's it's really interesting the different dimensions and and the dynamics that come out. When you write with mm. someone, because I I find it quite easy mm-hmm. to write songs. I mean, some people can, some yep. people can't. I I sort of write songs you know, quite easily, you know. Um, yep. But it's really I'm really enjoying this process of the co-writes. So um, yeah, I'm I'm open to doing I'm open to doing that with you. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a really lovely thing in, with songwriting, isn't it? I completely agree. You get something fresh and different out of it it's really like a marriage of the two skills and two sounds that come together and creates this new magical being of a song and um yeah i love it i'm i'm curious as to what you've learnt or what you is there like a routine that you've kind of got yourself into like what do you take into a co-write it depends on who who you're with so and i've i've done it quite a few you know i've done it with quite a few others as well um some people yeah. um if if they struggle writing songs, I say, oh wow, well, what what should we write about? Um, and I say, well, you know, what what do you want to write about? So I try to put it back on them if they haven't got a lot of experience. Actually, I met a guy at the Mildura Country yeah. Music Festival who came up after a gig oh, yeah. who had a, who had a similar background to me. He was still in the police. And he said, I've always wanted to do this and la la la. And I was away at the Mildura Country Music Festival for like ten days. I did two two gigs a day for ten days. It was a great festival. This is last year. Nice. So I was talking to this yeah. fella who had been in the police twenty. 28 years and uh very off the cuff i said look at something we've disconnected we're both in the police very similar la la and um he said i really admire what you're doing and having been the police and i said look at some stage maybe you should come over to new south Wales. he's from south australia and maybe we yeah. should you know talk talk music so he the, i got home on the sunday and on the monday mm-hmm. i get this call this random number and i'm thinking mm-hmm. who's that and he said, "Oh yeah, it's it's Pete, and I, yeah, I've booked the flight. I'll be there tomorrow." I said, "You'll be where?" He said, "Oh wow, yeah." And so I had to go and tell my wife Belinda, and uh, I had to make sure I picked the right moment. And she said, "Who is he? Like, what? There's some random person <laughs> coming to stay with us? Like, are you joking?" Anyway, as it turned out, he was really lovely, and we wrote a song. <laughs> he and I wrote a song. He'd never yeah. written one, and we wrote a song, yeah. and um, it's it's called Journey, and it's uh, I don't want to give too much away, but. It's on my new yep. album and it, he's never written one. And so I, you know, we wrote it together and it was just the most amazing experience. And he didn't, he had no idea how to write it and he just loved yep. it. And, and I said to him at the end of it, um, I'm actually going to record this song. I'm going to put it in my next album. He went, are you? I went, yeah, I am. And so I have and yeah, la, la, la. So that's another one. You yeah. Can look, nice. look, look forward to. So yeah, you just never know what to expect from songwriting and. Some people want to, you know, they'll come in and say, I've always wanted to write a song about, you know, wheelie bins or, you know, okay, no worries, and off you go. Whereas, <laughs> whereas some people want, oh, you know, oh, do you want to do this or do you want to make it love? Or do you, you know, so it's it's just yeah. nice. I think you've got to sort of be respectful and, um, you know, I'm a little bit sort of strong in that, but but you've got to sort of take a back yeah. step when you write with someone else and, 
and try to have a, a, an easy free-flow exchange of, of ideas and not be too dominant. So that's what I tried to do anyway. So, yeah, I really love no, it. No, I, I like that. It. I agree. Yeah, mm. I've, I've only ever had one co-write where I think maybe they were a bit too set in what they were doing. And so yeah. me being there was like redundant almost. <laughs> um, it has to be a, a two-way exchange. Sure. Yeah, and I've and I've done a couple of those, and I just I put them down to experience. I think, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, you know, maybe you didn't really want to do a car ride, but that's like, but I, you know, I was there for the ride, and you know, and you probably know yeah. the rules. If you're in the room, you get you get sort of half the rights anyway. Even if you even if you, you make the, the cut, yeah. Even if you make the even if you make the coffee, you know, like you know. So uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, I'm good I mean, coffee. I love that rule. Yeah, yeah, bang, and so so do we. And you know, and like we say, Rayleigh. It, it takes a lot of people to make a world, and if we if they were all like you and I, Rayleigh, obviously it'd be a lovely world. But we need a, a mixture yeah. of people in the world, don't we? <laughs> we do. Everyone has their place, um, yep. and we we all have an important role to play, and that's important to remember. Um, yeah. What What's the best advice you've ever been given? Um, well, I, I think another one from Kevin Bennett was in terms of music. Um, mm-hmm. There's no rules. He said, you know, if you want to put, you know, if you're playing in the key of C and you probably should have F and G, he said, actually, there are no rules. Look, there are there's certain structures, but, you know, when you write songs, when you're doing music, you know, don't let anyone tell you you have to do this. You just, you know, you just be your own person and, you know, there's no rules when you're writing music. And if you listen to some of the yeah. songs and some of the music, you think, wow, that's that's out there, but, wow, I like, gee, that's that's different. And isn't that beautiful yeah. when you hear something that's that's different or you think, wow, mm. like, you know, and whether it's no matter what genre it is, you know, and, and I like all music. So I, I, I love yeah. classical music. I like, you know, rock, pop, funk, you know, mm. blues, you know, rap. Mm. Like, you know, you know, obviously country music is is where my heart is, but but I have an appreciation of all. And sometimes I'll, I'll hear, a you know, a, a, a certain style of music and I think, I just love that. I can't get that out. I really love that. You know, and people say, "Yeah, but aren't yeah. you a, don't you like this style?" I said, "No, yeah. I like all music." So, um, probably the best yeah. advice is no rules and just be true to yeah. yourself. You know, just be true to yourself. You know, and um, you know when when you for me, I've found probably the hard way a couple of times when I've done songs, you know, recorded stuff, and 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 early on, I thought, "Oh, I'm not happy with that. Not happy with that drum mm. or that." thing or that harmony or that whatever oh you know oh, i'll be respectful i won't but i mean if this is your song you know mm. you need you need to speak up because when if you yeah. if you record a song and you didn't like that line or you didn't like that hi-hat or that violin solo every time you hear it that's all you'll hear so if you don't <laughs> like it you change it and it's got to be you know okay now i'm comfortable so and that's what i do now and it's not about being disrespectful to the musicians or the engineer or the producer or whatever. You know, if, yeah. if you've done something, you've got to be true to you because trust me, and I, I won't tell you which songs, there are a couple that I haven't changed and every time I hear them, I hear that bit. <laughs> I think, damn it, I wish That's I'd really changed Damn it, I wish I'd have changed <laughs> that, you know. I wish I'd have changed that, you know. And anyone who's yeah, professional, I, I've been there. Yeah. anyone, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Anyone who's a professional engineer, mastering, whatever, they want you to do it anyway. I mean, they, they might dent their ego a bit, but after all, they'll get, they'll actually, no, I'm glad you've done it. That's what you want. That's, that's what you've got to have, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you for saying that because I, I've never heard anyone else express that before, but I've definitely had that experience. And I do sometimes still feel like I don't want to offend them by saying, actually, I don't like what you've done in that part of the recording. And it, it can be a, a hard thing to get used to because it, it is your art. And when you're working with other professionals, yeah, you've got to learn how to be able to communicate <laughs> without. And, 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 um, and I'm, and I'm the same. And, and it says a lot about you that mm. you're just a nice person. You're a decent, respectful person. <laughs> but, and, and like, no doubt you and I, look, I've worked with some big hitters, like musicians, yeah. some like some superstars. They want to hear it. They're just, they're like you or I. There's no different, you know? They want you nah, to say, actually, yeah. I don't like that line. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't think it really went, but oh, I wasn't going to say anything. Like, yeah. So you know that you really have to speak up, and and what well, I do now, you, do. And, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't pull back at all. I say it in a nice way, but um, you know, yeah. I say, look, no, I'm just not happy. Well, I think it's it. No, 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 I'm just not happy with that. I'd, I'd like it changed. Yeah, okay, we'll change it. Okay, <laughs> good, well done. Whatever it took to get you there, that's great. Mm. I wanted to ask you about the quote by T. S. Eliot: "Only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go." That was in your music video, um, your latest single release. Where did that come from? What's what was I, that um, inspired I, by? Well, the song "Against the Tide," like I said, it's a, it's been a personal journey for me. And um, for me, the mm. song is about you know what? We're not here for a long time. I've been surrounded by a lot of terrible things. I've seen a lot of death, and you know, mm. we're not here a long time. Um, so you've just mm. got to make the most of, of what you have. And look, we talked earlier about, you mentioned about like, you know, renting the house and like we talked about it as well. Like we, mm. we have the family and the kids are in school and, and football and cricket and ballet and singing mm. and piano and all these things, which was just too hard to, to, to do. But we thought, you know what, you know, we're going to have a go. We're not here a long time. But I'm not saying that I don't like stepping high. Um, you know, it is, is it a risk what we're doing? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, is it scary? Mm. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I find for me is against the tide, like the music industry in some respect, and people have actually told me this. It's a, some people say, oh, you know, it's a young person's game and, you know, like da da da. <laughs> and I think, no, I, I've actually had that said to me. And, and, um, wow. I don't, my, my, I don't bruise easily, but a couple of times I've sort of, you know, had a, just a moment, whether it's been a little bit of the um, the, re- the residual of the, the PTSD, um, but I thought, oh, you know, that's sort of, you know, it hurt, some things hurt your feelings. And I, you don't show them, you just sort of bounce mm. back. But when you think about it, you start questioning yourself. And um, the music industry, it's a, it's a very challenging industry. And um, But I thought, you mm. know what, and with, with the help of my wife and family and friends who are really encouraging, people like mm. yourself, you think, you know what, I'm going to have a go. And it is scary, you know, if you don't put it on the line, you know, if, you know, you're putting your heart out there, your emotion, your whole thing. And as a musician, you're talking about your, you know, as you know, some of your most personal, you know, things in life and precious yeah. moments. And you're really putting it out there and you tell the stories about your songs and love and loss and life. 
So the quote yeah. from T.S. Eliot is, you know, you never know, you know, it's, you really never, never know how far you're going to get unless you just, you're just prepared to go all the way. And so when we put yeah. our house up, we weren't going to leave for another month. We photographed our house. And when we put it online, my wife said, oh, we've got to move out on the 25th. And I said, of October. And she said, no, of September. So it just, because the house oh. photographed so well, we had four days to move out. And we're like, oh, my goodness, oh. what? And it was wow, just, that happened it, quick. Made, it very quick. And luckily, we'd had a lot of things in, in place. But yeah, the quotes mm. about just, you know, putting, you know, you got to put your money where your mouth is and like practice what you preach, all those other sort of sayings. And yeah. uh, that's what we're doing. It's scary. There's still a lot of, up until last week, we had a caravan. So our Sunland caravan is basically finished. Um, yep. but we didn't have a, we didn't have a vehicle. And, um, uh, my wife had spinal surgery last year and it's been a, it's been a hard time oh. for us. She can't work. And then yep. we were in, we were in my car a week and a half ago. Um, and a girl ran up the back of us doing about 90 mile an hour. This is a week and a half ago and rode off our car. Oh. My wife was in the car yeah. and, you know, she got hurt again and la la la. She's mm-hmm. okay. I can stay. And, 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 and the girl, the young girl was okay, but, um, it rode our car off. So then we went down to having no car. So, um, I'm, yeah. I'm like, God, what's going on? Are you trying to tell us something? Yeah. Or, but then Tamworth City Toyota have just come on board and, and, and helped us a little bit. So again, yeah. coming back to faith, everything at the right time. So we're putting it all on the line. We're a bit scared as to how this is going to turn out, Ray Lee, but you know, yeah. we're, we're just get, we're giving it a go. And, uh, Again, it's never too late to chase your dream. I am an example of that. Um, I do. Yeah. I do sometimes laugh and say that Johnny Cash, even though he's a great performer, when he was ninety, yeah. he did a cover of a Nine Inch Nails song. So, you know, <laughs> and he did that at age ninety. So, you know, if it's good enough for Johnny Cash, Ray Lee, it's good enough for Kevin Sullivan. I'd suggest. <laughs> yeah. No. Why not? I mean, really, every moment of life is life. My grandma used to always say, "You're as old as you feel," which I love. Because sometimes I do feel older, but I think if you take care of your body and you take care of yourself, you can stay young forever. And like my husband, he's a bit older than me, but I'd say he's still one of my kids. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, if he's male, you know, he would be. I'm, I'm the same. But uh, yeah. and and children, <laughs> children do. You now the old saying, "Children keep you young." It's very true. Like, you know, with is, my yeah. older girls, I was always at crime scenes, and I'd come home in the crime yeah. scene car. If I'd done a really terrible job, I'd go in. You know, when I was still married to my first wife, I'd go into my my older girls would be asleep. I'd go in, I'd, I'd check on them, and I'd sometimes I'd wake them up, you know, if I'd done a particularly uh, traumatic job involving young people. And and now, um, you know, I, I just look at my young children. So we've got, like, I've got a five-year-old. I've got a, I've got a daughter yeah. who's, I've got a daughter who's a lawyer. She's about to become a partner in a law firm. And another girl wow. who's, who's about to, to go to New York, she's in the art world. And, and then I have, yeah. Then I have a five-year-old who hasn't even started school. You talk about crazy, Rayleigh. <laughs> if you look up crazy in the dictionary, there's a photo of Kevin Sullivan in there. Don't worry about that. But, <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I ask my friends who are my age and I say, do you think you could, and, and the, the women, they stop me, they say, Kevin, if you're about to ask me, could I have a child now at, at my age, you're crazy. But you know what? It is the loveliest thing. And, and I have yeah. time. I have time to stop and smell the roses a bit. Um, you know, That's I look nice. at my children, they keep me young. The little things, my five-year-old, who's just outside the car with Belinda as we speak, the, the beautiful, Lovely. innocent things that he says. And because I'm a bit older, I am a bit, mm-hmm. dare I say, a bit of a grandparent parent. So 
my tolerance is, is a lot lower than when I had my older girls who, who remind me, they say, yeah. you are joking, Dad. You don't, you know, the things you let them get away with, we didn't get away with anything. And, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and it's true, you, you become a bit more mellow and it's just nice. Yeah. I have a second, a second chance in life in terms of my children and, and, and I really yeah. love it. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really lovely, Rayleigh, and I'm loving it. Speaking of children and giving advice for younger people, what advice would you give to someone who was just wanting to start out as a songwriter? I would say write songs, even if you're too embarrassed to show people them. And I talk to this, I talk to a lot of young people about songwriting. Yeah, you know, because when you're young, you, you get a bit embarrassed, boy or girl, um, about sharing your music. I say, that's okay. If you're not ready to share your music, well, then don't share it. But write it down, write when you wrote yeah. it, where you were, and keep a copy. Keep a, keep a hard yeah. copy, keep a, compu- a computer copy, but write and keep yeah. writing, you know, because there will come a day mm. when you will be comfortable sharing. And I just yeah. say be true to yourself. Be true to what you want to write about. And, uh, again, th- like I said, Kevin Bennett told me, there's no rules. There's no rules. Mm. So just be true to yourself. Whatever you want. Keep writing and keep a record of your songwriting. Keep a hard copy, keep a book. You know, that, that's what I would say, you know. That's interesting because, I mean, no one ever told me that, but, I mean, I was writing songs for just myself for a very long time. And I think about it now as I actually registered with APRA, my music, 10 years before I ever shared my music publicly. Well, you're ahead of the – well, you're – it's not weird. You're ahead of the game. You're, you're a real musician then. You're a real singer-songwriter. So that's that's a great thing. And, I mean, APRA is such a great organisation. So and they've been really helpful. Isn't for it? Me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really great. And you can ring them anytime. And every time you ring, you get someone who's just so lovely, who you, you feel like you're related to. They're just they so helpful. They're so helpful, aren't they? They're just so, so lovely. Mm. Go APRA. No, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go APRA. And I, I think, yeah, having that support. Like, I actually got this um, APRA member you know, you get like a membership certificate when you become a member with them. Yep. And I was so excited to have that 10 years ago. I framed it and I had it on my wall next to like my medical degree. <laughs> and well. like, it was just, it's something I'm really proud of, even though it, I think I knew I wanted to be a songwriter, but I just, like you said, I didn't have the confidence there and I wasn't the right time to be sharing my journey and my story. But yeah, it, I think it's um, beautiful that you said that because I would completely agree that you just got to do it. Last question I have for you, a bit of a different one. Mm-hmm. If you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Yeah, it's a great question. It's it's a big uh, it's a big list. I mean, I love Paul Kelly. Um, I think he's just an amazing singer songwriter. But I love Loretta Lynn. I love Dolly Parton. Yeah. You know, um, I loved I loved Patsy Cline. Like you know, um, you know Elvis. I it's 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 a really it's a really hard one. Um, mm. I mean, I'd love I'd love to write a song. I think I've got to go with Paul Kelly because he's still alive, very much so. I've seen lots <laughs> of his shows. Just on the off chance, because I know he's a big fan of the songwriter Trist, and he, I know he's a big fan of you too, Rayleigh. So he will be listening. <laughs> he will be listening to this, Paul. Paul, it's, Hi, Paul. Kevin, it's Kevin Sullivan. I'd love to write with Paul Kelly. I just love I love everything about him. I love his honesty. I love his book. I love his songwriting. You know, he's just a great guy and a great singer-songwriter. So I'd have to say Paul Kelly. There, I've said it. <laughs> no, that's fine. You can say that. That's fine. All right. Well, I'm going to put 
all of your links to your website and your socials so that people can find you and follow you while you're on the road for the next few months and definitely be up to date with your releases that are happening over the next 12 months. But is there anything else that you would like to share before we finish up? Um, look, we're just looking forward to going on tour. We, we are putting it all on the line a bit. Um, we're taking our three little ones. Our tour's called the Sully Van Tour, and uh, we're really happy we're doing it with, in our Sunland van. It's got triple bunks and lots of other surprises, so Sunland tell us. Um, and we're just going to yeah. see where the road takes us. We're starting in Queensland. I'd love to hear from people who'd like us to bring the Sully Van Tour to your town. My, my, um, my three little children do, a, do one or two songs at the end of, our tour, at the end of my, my shows, and sometimes they get a bigger yeah. round of applause than me, Ray Lee, but that's okay too. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'd like That's to, <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I'd probably just like to finish by saying that, you know, I'm chasing my musical dream. I had, I, I had a career in the police, which I loved, but I always had this burning passion inside me of music. And, um, mm. I say to people, I'm following my destiny, which sounds like something out of Star Wars, but, um, I really am. And I know Star people. Star Wars related is okay. Yep. Yeah, Yep, and I know a lot of people dreamed of becoming a ballerina or an astronaut or a you know or a champion football player or whatever. It's never too late yep. to chase your dream. So I would say to people, I'm an example that you know have a go. You never know how far it's going to take you. I'm enjoying the journey, and just get out there and and, and give it a shot. So um, yeah, and thanks so much for having me on, Ray Lee. I love love your program and, and love what you're doing. Just assisting, you know, singer songwriters in 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 the in the industry, which has been really hard. It's been hardly hit, uh, very hard hit. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just we're just having a go. It's been such a beautiful thing to be a part of, and I'm I'm really humbled by this whole thing that's happened around me. So yeah, thank you so much for being a part of it. Please tell me that you're going to let me know when you're in the Gold Coast, because I'm sure it would be lovely to catch up and say hello properly and. We've got similar age children, so maybe they can say hello and have a jam together. Well, we'll you're, to you're, you're going to be having a play date with our children while Belinda and I go and have a coffee somewhere, which we'll probably need on the tour. So <laughs> that would be great. So well, off oh, you go, kids. No, off we you go, space with, with, with Arnie, no Arnie Rayleigh. Off you go there. So, well, yeah. Look, yeah, we will. And, and we look like doing a run of shows up there, so I'll certainly let you know. And, um, you know, I will also just finish up with, uh, in terms of mental health um, and PTSD, for me, I still have the odd bad day, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Just put it behind yeah. you, and tomorrow's a new and beautiful day. So thanks for having me on, Bailey. It's been lovely. Thanks for joining our songwriter, Trist, today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guests, please go to the website songwritertrists.com. Crowd, no one can hear me. Wish I could.